You guys would know this if you listened to the podcast. <laughs> I didn't say that on the podcast. <laughs> oh. Hello, I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 20. As I try not to talk too much about the awesomeness that was Max FunCon, we turn our discussion towards the catwalks and discuss mathematical modeling, Lachka Volterra, and the Shandar Shekhtar limit. Here it goes. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast that comes to you from UNLV CDC Building 7's mailroom and uh today before i introduce anyone i just want to say that i just got back a couple days ago from max FunCon, uh the world's best fucking convention ever it was absolutely amazing everybody there was great all the performers were fantastic and all the people were just the best people ever and now that i've that i've prefaced it with that and i can't wait for next year's i will introduce who's here now, as as we've had on the last few podcasts, I once again am joined by uh, Christopher Bates, the uh, new spokesman for NADS hair removal products. It works, mate. And uh, returning for her third, I want to say third. Second. No, you've been on two ones before. Oh, you were on 13 right. and right. it was it high? I can't remember the other one that you. I don't on. remember the other one either, but I've been on three. You're okay, right. returning for her third, uh, third thing. Still the, oh no no, uh, the first woman, but not the only woman now to have ever been That's on the podcast, right. but the only one who has ever returned for another hour of pain. Leanne Duncan. I'm the only masochistic female around. Well, you're the only one that talks about math. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not Similar. the only masochistic female oh, okay. around. All right, I can live <laughs> with that, I guess. Okay, uh, we're back to our typical format since it's not just me and Chris. Thank God, I don't think I could fucking deal with being in a room alone with that man any longer. Hey, Chris. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> uh, we're back to our typical format, which is uh, we're gonna take and take some subject area of mathematics and alludicate as much as we can about that uh and then we're going to uh have to turn into an english uh podcast in order to properly define all the vocabulary terms that i feel necessary to use it's a big word russian barbie you don't know the reference don't worry about it what what reference is that just don't worry about what what i don't either i've been trying to ask people for days i'm imagining barbie in like a big russian hat yeah, like a lot of purr <laughs> and uh, KGB across her Stoli chest. vodka. Yeah, I don't know. I've I... been asking people around because I get accused of being a Russian Barbie anytime oh, I say a big maybe, word. Maybe they mean since you look like a Russian nesting doll, since you're so tiny. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know what had Barbie has anything to do with it. Barbie has never used a word longer than like in her life. Yeah. Except for scientist Barbie. And Barbie, since the word Barbie, which is her name, is uh, longer than like. Does scientist Barbie have a 
a white lab coat? Yes. Yeah, oh. I mean, there is actually a scientist Barbie, if I remember correctly. Cool. Uh, I've never seen a lab coat quite that filled out before. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, to each their own. Okay, so so getting on getting on to what we're going to alludicate. Man, I really hope I'm using that word correctly. Pretty sure I am. Neither of us are going to correct you. I've never heard that word before in my life. Okay. Well, today <laughs> we're going to talk, well, since we were talking about Barbie, that is a perfect segue into what we're talking about, mathematical modeling. Hey. Which, um, as much as we all wish, it could just be uh, Terrence Dow, uh, Tim Gowers, and, you know, uh, say Gary Chartrand walking down the runway in this year's hottest fashions. It actually has nothing to do with uh, the physical act of modeling clothes. That is too bad, because Gauss would look hot in a miniskirt. Well, if you noticed, I actually only use living mathematicians. Well, that's the difference between you and me. And I do my little integral on the turntable. <laughs> on the, oh, catwalk. Oh, that's right, catwalk. On the catwalk. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stab both of you. I really do. And and, and I'm going to stab Chris hard enough that his head comes off, so it's a fucking oh, decapitation. I hate... God, I hate decapitation. <laughs> I'm how just going to keep on referring to decapitation. How would you bring that up? In, in things that don't have anything to do with it. I prefer my coffee that way. It's so, the worst death possible. So a mathematical model uses decapitation language to describe a system. <laughs> okay, no, no. A mathematical model uses mathematical language to describe a system. You know, it's used a lot in the sciences, just things like that. It, it, but not only the hard sciences, you use them in psychology, sociology, economics, you know, <laughs> the social sciences. <laughs> Would you care to expound upon that, young Christopher? Expound. No, I, I, think, uh, I think the social sciences could use a healthy dose of rigorous mathematics. Okay. And logic and reasoning and maybe some rational people. <laughs> you know, some social scientists aren't that bad. I'm ignorant of the field, so I'm Some biased. social scientists aren't that bad. Um, okay, so mathematical models. I, I'm, of course, reading from the Wikipedia article, Mathematical mm. Model. The Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. Very important to have the T-H-E <laughs> with the T capitalized in front of Wikipedia. Absolutely. Okay, so the, I mean, they can take many forms. And there's the differential models, game theoretic models, uh, statistical models, and dynamical systems. Now, uh, each one of these, of course, has a has a different use. I mean, you use dynamical systems when you need uh, some sort of ergodic behavior, some sort of chaotic behavior. If you don't have any, you know, chaotic behavior, then you're not necessarily going to use one. But some dynamical systems are done by differential equations anyway. And we'll talk about the differential models a little bit later because that's one area of mathematical modeling I actually happen to know a little bit about. Well, specifically Lautka and Volterra. Um, and then uh, statistic models. Do either of you guys know anything about that? A little bit. I'm in a statistics oh, class go right ahead. now. Talk to, talk to me about statistics. Well, models. we've been They're bullshit about... because they're about stats. Okay, on to the <laughs> next one. Okay, no, no, go ahead. Well, we've been talking about, you know, binomial distributions and all sorts of types, you know hypergeometric and all sorts of good stuff and, and, and what are they used to model stupid situations about having different colors of jelly beans in a jar <laughs> what, what sort of real <laughs> applications okay fine <laughs> things like um how many products in a certain sample size are defective or not 
Okay, and and then uh, let's I mean just mention game theoretic models are the ones that are most typically used in the social sciences. And you're going to use that to I mean model what mathematicians refer to as games and what everybody else refers to as everything else in life. Um, <laughs> I mean, competition models, things like that, tend to be game theoretic. One of the important things about game theoretic modeling is you have to assume that the actors that you're modeling and once again i know we're talking about models and actors in the same sentence hmm. still has nothing to do with famous pretty people this or is barbie most, this is mostly done by non-famous ugly people like mm. us hey <laughs> i am i am i am a little famous <laughs> <laughs> okay uh just because you've been written up in small town newspapers under the police actions area hey the blotter I've been there too. <laughs> Wait, on the sending side or the receiving side? Both. All right. Well, uh, this seems like a bad. story that we should get into, and we're not going to. All right. Um, and and so I mean, <laughs> actors, of course, are just uh, parties that are actors, parties, and models. Uh, this this is all this all. I realize why they're all named this. Of course, it's because mathematicians never. Uh, get invited to parties with actors or models in it so we have to feel close to them in some way and that's eh, why we name everything after shit that we wish that we were a part of instead that's a, of that's a good point yeah it's like Freud very or true yeah just like we're not dynamic people but we deal with dynamical systems oh man you're on it i'm you i am are. not i'm not being the least bit funny to anyone other than the two of you at this point in time Oh, whatever. I'm still trying to... I want to find Statistician Barbie on the internet or something. She's got to be... She's got, like, a pocket protector. Okay, and, and so... And it models... I, I mean, the most uh, typical form of game theory is the two-person model. I mean, it's just... And you you assume selfish actors, and you figure that they're both trying to get the best possible outcome. You look for some sort of equilibrium. Hmm. Nash did a huge amount of work in this. Is that, like, on Law & Order? Like, when they got, you know, the two suspects, and they were both accomplices, but they... <laughs> but the, you know these they, events they... are not based on true stories. <laughs> I heard a really funny Law and Order uh, story at Max FunCon. Um, I the Charlie Todd, the guy from Improv Everywhere, was uh, doing a doing a presentation after lunch on the second day, and he was talking about this thing where he had everyone go into Grand Central and freeze for five minutes, <laughs> just go in and at the same time. I saw that wow. on YouTube. Yeah, it it's was amazing. It's it's brilliant because I mean these people are literally just frozen, not moving, no reactions, anything. For five minutes cool and then at the end of five minutes they all slowly you know just start walking away like nothing had happened and it you know check this huge group of people I and mean, there's uh somebody who worked there wasn't able to drive through and so i mean it is all this was really fantastic and then there was a law and order episode featuring robin williams and the final scene is at grand central station with uh, robin williams apparently was part of an evil improv troupe <laughs> from what I was able to grasp, I, I, I mean, he just showed a short portion of this video, and everybody was frozen there. Whoa. Yeah, and he didn't. They didn't inform Charlie Todd. They, I mean, at the beginning, they say this is not based on real events, but they totally just stole one of Charlie Todd's improv everywhere things. Wow. Without giving any credit to him. Bastards. Yeah, fucking Law and Order. Dun dun. <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What were you fucking talking about? Bastard, <laughs> fucker. I I totally. <laughs> Wait, no. no. I totally forgot. <laughs> okay, good. So let's move on uh, to actually talking a bit about this. Now, in order to in order to model something, I mean, you need to know some things. I mean, you need to know, uh, you know, your knowns and your unknowns. I mean, it's the same thing when doing any sort of applied mathematics. 
you need to know what is known and what is unknown. So because like Don Rumsfeld. <laughs> we we got to know what we know, and we now know what we don't know. We know we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Except in this case, I'm not talking out of my ass and trying to invade a country that did nothing. Yeah. Okay, end of the political section. <laughs> oh. So, so I mean, and with unknowns, you have a basic, some basic variables. There's six different uh, groups of variables. You have decision variables, input variables, state variables, exogenous variables, random variables, and output variables. And all, I mean, those are all, I mean, rather self-explanatory in and of themselves. I, I mean, you guys understood all of those, right? I don't know what the exogenous... External forces. Oh, it's just an external force that's not part of the system itself, but can have effects on it. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, most, I don't think many actually have those. The exogenous variables are sometimes known as parameters or constants. Like mother-in-laws. Decision variables <laughs> are known as, uh, decision variables are your independent variables. Uh, the variables not independent of each other are the state variables, and of course, random and output and input. I mean, those things are all quite clear. Now... There's, I mean, various different uh, types of models. There's linear and nonlinear. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody want to let me know what the difference between linear and nonlinear linear is? Seems pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, well, assume that we have people listening who are not math majors. Linear models go in a line. Nonlinear models make other shapes. Uh, no. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I'll take nonlinear things for 300, Alex. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I was about to say uh, population modeling, but uh, it, it's okay. I <laughs> I totally missed out on making a joke there, and I just could, couldn't come up with one. I used I used all of my good jokes this weekend. Oh. Well, what does nonlinear mean? Okay, if you can present... You're such a jackass, Chris. You know exactly what nonlinear means. <laughs> you even know exactly what I'm going to. Linear, think linear algebra. It's yeah. just, it's... The model can be expressed as an equation where all the variables are to the first power. Yeah. Yeah, which does not necessarily mean that's going to be on no. a line because it could be so many variables I, I that was, it's. I was being a little facetious, but. Well, we're trying to impart wisdom, on well, not necessarily wisdom. I don't think we're it's trying wisdom. to impart academic rigor. Oh. Onto our listeners. Hmm. Okay. And then nonlinear obviously means that some of the variables are raised to some sort of power. Now, uh, I and mean, that's that's one of the things. Um, and nonlinearity, uh, according to the Wikipedia, is often associated with chaos and irreversibility. So, I mean, if it's linear, then the system can go back and forth. If it's nonlinear, then it goes somewhere, and you're not going to be able to step back. Now, there's uh, deterministic versus probabilistic, uh, and probabilistic is also known as stochastic. So, in a stochastic model, randomness is present. Variable states are not described by unique values, but rather by probability distribution. And deterministic, I mean, means what deterministic means. Uh, wow, my explanations have been so poor. Deterministic means that you can use the previous state to completely and fully determine the state that will follow. Right. So if you know every state of some system, then you can describe exactly what the next one's going to be. Is every deterministic system reversible, or are there deterministic systems that are that are non-reversible? I, uh, I would, I would think uh, that it would. 
it depends on what you mean by reversible. Uh, if you want to go back to the initial state, if it's deterministic, then it's reversible. You can go, if you know the end state and it's a deterministic thing, then mm. you definitely can go backwards. And that's the path that it would have had to take to get to that state too. So yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it would be completely reversible. Cool. And then there's static versus dynamic. Uh, static, no, nothing about time. Oh, nothing about time. Dynamic cares about time. And lumped versus distributed parameters. Ooh. Uh, if the model is homogeneous, the parameters are distributed. If it's heterogeneous, uh, then the parameters are lumped. I mean, it, I don't really know too much about what that means. But let's actually talk about some some types of modeling now. I mean, I don't know. Have either of you done any work other than the the weird stat shit that you've been talking about? Well, I almost almost got to do some climate modeling over the summer which was basically chaos theory oh um, so you, uh, was it going to be differential or well it was almost deterministic because they've been trying to see if there are actually like true patterns in the weather but i didn't get to do the research program so i can't say too much about it okay what about you chris you done any modeling um it's on the internet uh <laughs> Russian website. I, I, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I Have you done any mathematical modeling? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, I, I actually have. I mean, this, this is one of the things that I, that I have done. Oh, good. Um, I, w I actually was trying to, okay, let's, let's, let's talk more specifically about it, the most basic form of modeling any of us have ever learned. And I guarantee both of you have actually learned this. And that is uh, population growth modeling. Mm. We learned it in Calculus 2. Mm. Calc 2. Yeah. If you remember, it was it was when we first learned how to, uh, you know, use use e for what it's really meant to be used for. And uh, now, population growth modeling it's a, it's a differential model, where you, uh, I mean, you just use this to be able to predict what population will be. I mean, in you know a certain amount of years, given uh, a growth rate and uh, carrying capacity and things like that. Mm. Now, there's areas of population modeling that are uh, significantly more interesting than this. And uh, <laughs> the one the one that, I mean, because that's just your basic population modeling. I mean, it, it's okay, but no population works like that. Because, I mean, you always have you always have other things Competition. impacting. Well, yeah, and that, what I'm specifically going to talk about is uh, predator-prey modeling. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, whenever you talk about predator-prey modeling, you are therefore required to mention Lotka and Volterra. Who are uh, two, and they're two, I believe, Russian. I'll, I'll let you know for sure in a second. Who independently uh, created the a pair differential equations that are used uh, for predator prey modeling. Are they coupled? Are they coupled? Are they, yeah, it's are it's a pair. It's a pair differential equation. Oh, okay. And and this is of course still this the most simple, uh, most simple. A form of predator prey modeling because in any proper system you're going to have you know population and all sorts of carrying capacity issues and things to worry about but in this uh, you have two different equations one that describes the amount of prey given at any give, given at a point in time and the amount of uh, predators at a point in time now that is uh, the change in the prey is dx over dt so I mean your typical differential equals x times alpha minus beta y. Now, um, mm. alpha, beta, uh, gamma, and delta, all of which I'm going to talk, are going to parameters representing. And that, specifically, uh, alpha is the uh, growth rate of the 
predator or of the prey and beta is the kill rate of a predator okay and then uh dy over dt so the change in the size of the predators is negative y times gamma minus delta x so gamma is uh once again the growth rate of the predators and then uh Gamma X is uh, the chain or the amount of predators who will not be able to survive given the size of the population. Okay. Correct. Right. And this, of course, creates an oscillating system. I mean, it looks very much like you put a sine curve and a cosine curve on the same graph. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something starts out at one, the other one starts out at zero, and then they switch. Mm-hmm. And as the amount of pred- as the amount of uh, prey goes down, the amount of predators go up until you reach the amount that that can't sustain the predator population anymore and then the predators go down and then the prey starts to go back up but i mean there's a time delay in all of this and so i mean once i actually i actually tried to take the latka voltaire equation and use it to uh, model the interaction between uh the speed of updates of computer viruses virus software compared to the infection rate of computer viruses (laughs) How'd that go? I I couldn't get the fucking data. Oh. It, it wasn't publicly available. I was so pissed because I was sure that there was some sort of relationship there and it'd be so interesting to see it. That would have been good. Or, 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 I was, or I was also willing to test just the total amount of, you know, viruses or malware released in a given point, in t- like in a given year, instead of the infection rate, just the total amount. Mm-hmm. But man, it's really hard to get data. And that's one thing you need for mathematical modeling this is not pure math this is applied math and so you need outside information right how do you uh if you have to tweak your model how do you do that to get it to follow or have better predictability uh, i mean you're using a what a a set of formulas or usually differential equations or an iterative model those are the two models that are uh, i've dealt with at least where do they get the parameters like the values well you you go out in the real world and you observe you act like a normal scientist what? instead of a mathematician. I know. Go do things? Yeah, outside. Outside. <laughs> outside. <laughs> oh. Scary, huh? I mean, there's sun out there. Uh, I would get sunburned. Can I bring bears? my Barbie? <laughs> can I bring my Barbie? Yeah, there, there's bears. <laughs> I'm going to act like Chris isn't talking right now. And Allergens. So, uh, well, I don't think that affects me or Chris. That's just you. Oh. Well. Fine. <laughs> you guys go outside and get the data. Stay in here and not cough to death. Oh, really? Is your are your allergies that bad? They're horrible. Oh man. Horrible. Okay, and and so I mean, talking about I mean, what we have, you have to when you're dealing with a model, you have to worry about uh, worrying about how complex you let it get, because I mean, models are typically run on computers, I and mean, because I mean our our supercomputer over in the computer buildings running climate modeling right now, right? We have a supercomputer? We have four or five supercomputers on campus. I didn't the know The math this. department has our own supercomputer. Oh, my God. Yeah, but the, the big one on campus is over in the computer lab, and they're running uh, climate modeling on that computer right now. Probably. And, and so, I mean, because these things have to be run on computers because you need to run huge amounts of cycles of them. I mean, you have to... You, know, you want to be able to predict as far as you can, and you need to be able to predict a long time so you can possibly see patterns that other people didn't see. Like, I mean, you were talking about to see whether or not a climate is deterministic. Right. Or at least mildly deterministic. Yeah, yeah, they're trying. Um, 
And so you need you need to run these things on computers. And and one thing about computers is computer the the cost of computers has or cost of running things on computers has nothing to do with the cost of the computer. I mean, it does partially. But the real thing, especially when you're a mathematician looking to put things on a computer, what you have to worry about is your time complexity. Because mm. you pay per you know minute or second or hour that you use the computer, the amount of computer time you use. And, and so when creating a model, you have to make it as simple as possible. You have to, once again, act like an actual scientist <sighs> and apply a razor to it. Specifically... Occam's razor. Thank Yay! you. I was really, if neither of you guys got that, I was, I was going to have to quit. Can I get the daily <laughs> double? <laughs> I asked you what is not Occam's razor is. Well, that wouldn't have worked out yeah, really well. Occam's razor. I, how do they write those? I don't things? know. It, it would screw me up big time. Yeah. I would not talk regularly for the Could rest of my life. Can we market that? Can we market that to mathematicians or to scientists? Like, you know, the Mach 3, and now we've got Occam's Razor. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe we could actually just figure out where Occam lived and actually find some of his razors <laughs> and sell one to, like, Bill Gates. Because he'd probably be like, look, I actually have Occam's, Occam's Razor. razor. <laughs> of course, we'll probably look up Occam and realize that he just had the world's most gigantic beard. He never fucking shaved. Oh. <laughs> And his wife kept on buying him razors, and that's why I decided to call it that. Occam's razor. Yeah, it's like, he's look like... at this gigantic stack of razors I have. I should name something after this. Just saying, what should it be? It's like, my beard is so complicated. If only there were a way to simplify it. And in, and in the commercial, you'll see... Here, honey. Here, Occam. Use your razor. razor. In the commercial, Occam will be standing in the mirror with his cleanly shaven face, and statistician Barbie will come up behind him with her hand on his shoulder. <laughs> Sex sells. He's, he's still on statistician, Barbie. <laughs> Can't get him away Did from that. Did you know that uh, Occam's razor is not actually named for somebody whose name is Occam? Is it Latin for something? No. Then what is it? Uh, it's it's apocryphally, so not for sure. Not not. I'm not gonna. I'm Russian Barbie. <laughs> Big words. <laughs> it's a legend that is not for sure true or false. Mm. It's an apocryphal tale. Uh, attributed to 14th century English logician and Franciscan friar William of Occam. Oh, it's a place. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm clicking on him right now. And no, he's a clean-shaven man. At least in his stained-glass uh, image that I have to be looking <laughs> at. Because they didn't have photographs back in the 1400s. Or mm -hmm. no, 1300s. It was the 14th century. What is Occam's razor? I mean, I've heard of it in like that movie. What was it called? Uh, first oh, Contact, the movie Contact with uh, Jodie Foster and um, you, the guy with the really nice teeth. You have never heard it like in a scientific setting. I mean, it basically, it's the principle that entities should not be multiplied unnecessarily. What it's used for, used to refer to in scientific circles, is Lee. Just the simplest solution is the yeah. best solution. Yeah. If you have a solution that is incredibly simple and works. That's your answer. Sounds like a, a lot of human bias, though. I mean... Well, no. Uh, he, the human bias is to make it incredibly complicated. Because it's naturally it's natural that we want things. And that's that's one of the reasons that complexity in models is so it becomes so rampant. Because we look at these things and we're like, well, this influences it. That influences it. And that influences <laughs> that. Like, look at, say, like, fluid dynamics. 
like the way we talk about it, it's like, well, the wind influences fluid dynamics, but so do the boats, uh, the type of boats, the the hull material on the boats, yeah. whether or not there's people swimming, is there fish in there? What type of rocks are on the bottom? <laughs> uh, instead of the fact that you can model fluid dynamics very, very accurately using a quite simple set of differential equations. When I was little, my dad's a math guy. <clears throat> really? Yeah, he got his master's in math. So when I was little and, you know, well, like younger, like a teenager who would complain and yell about everything. And I'd be like, oh, I have to do this and this and this. And I don't know what to do about this. And should I do this or this? He would always just go, Occam's razor. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right, dad. And now I'm sitting I here. I should not multiply entities unnecessarily. Just say, <laughs> isn't that like the strongest <laughs> argument ever that people shouldn't have kids? True. Oh, we could market it as a condom then. <laughs> Occam's Perhaps condom. as a condiment. <laughs> hmm. Or uh, or a whole birth control regimen. You use this <laughs> razor. <laughs> I don't know what happens next. I don't want to know what happens next. And you decapitate uh, uh, someone's head. Didn't have to go there. <laughs> you, you decapitate someone's head because that's what decapitate means. to what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to make a very lewd reference, uh, oh. but I decided to go in the other way. Because what better way of... Uh, employing birth control against someone than just fucking killing them. That's true. Well... And burn, burn, killing them by burning so that their uh, semen cannot be extracted. Okay, that's that's death. more what I was thinking of. Have you ever heard of the Lazarus reflex? No. No. Okay, uh, there's this thing after you're dead. So this, this is an after you're dead thing. And there's this area of nerves in the spinal cord where if you stimulate them after death, your ar- and your arms are at your size because, I mean, you're dead. Your arms will come up and cross over your chest. What the hell? I know. That's the weirdest thing. What does this thing? have to do with math? I don't know. But does it work if you're alive? I mean, is there a... Well, I imagine if you stimulate this the yeah. same nerve center, but I don't think that they tend to do it to people People who are alive because right. it involves cutting into your fucking spine. Oh. Occam's well, razor tells me that that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> There's got to be like... Well, a... mostly because I used Occam's razor and tried it. Uh-huh. There's got to be a Macarena nerve center or something where you poke someone. No, God, okay, shut up, shut up, Chris. Okay, now another thing to, like, with mathematical modeling. And uh, in the Wikipedia article, this comes under philosophical considerations, which annoys me to no end. Mm. But there is the idea of causality. What the hell is that? (laughs) No, I'm serious. I mean, I've heard from many philosophers that there's there's a problem with causality. I mean, like, causation. Uh, well, is I mean, it, it, I imagine that this comes up. Uh, well, it, it, they they say that it, it comes up um, in differential equation modeling, which actually does make a lot of sense. And it's the claim that or, well, it's because models imply causality. By using models, you're saying that uh, that the this is caused by, you know, the previous conditions in time or whatever things. And and while it might the the data you have and all the things that you use may fit. It doesn't necessarily mean that the causation is the same as what you imply that it is in your model. And there is, of course, the argument that's like, well, this model works, so therefore, causatively, this must be correct. That's not true, though. No, it's not. And why not? Because correlation does not equal causation. Thank you. Why did, like... You guys aren't going to interact with one another, are you? You're going to stare at me. I don't like look at two, Chris. Like two, hey, Chris. <laughs> like two lost kidding. little lambs in my classrooms. <laughs> really, I, I happen to teach lambs. Well, I shear them first. With, yeah. With? And only... 
What do you shear them with, Sam? Oh, I use uh, electric razor. <sighs> I wasn't going to fucking buy that one. <laughs> not going to happen. See, we work together plenty. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to talk about math. Oh, well, no. I mean, uh, if you guys had a choice, like what, what would you try to model? Because, I mean, it, mathematical modeling is something that actually interests me. It's the only area of applied math that like, I really get into because I love the idea of being able to take being able to take these real world events and putting them through equations on paper and being able to have a predictive way of, of showing what it's going to do next. And I, I really like that. I really like that we're able to do that using math. I want to model black hole formation. Okay. Specifically, I want to track the internal structure uh, in terms of particles of a neutron star. Oh, uh, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to say the internal structure of a fucking black hole. I'm be like, dude. <laughs> but that's actually what I want to get to, though. Uh, we well, a... well, do a predictive. Make a prediction on what the internal structure of a black hole would be yes. like. Okay. Yes. And, and and so, you, I mean, you say you want to start with the neutron star. What, what would the path be after Well, that? I want to look at a, a body that is so massive that it's uh, the gravitational collapse of it, it will not... It cannot stop. It can't be stopped by any yeah. internal pressure. Uh, so, of course, this object has surpassed the Chandrasekhar limit. Um, and the what? Chandrasekhar. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm. Uh, I can. I can drop normal things like fucking Occam's razor and not try to explain <laughs> them because they're well known. The Shadashlikenschnakenschnan <laughs> is not something that you could drop without actually explaining what it is. Please elaborate. The idea is that if you have a, a what large, is it again? Uh, Chandrasekhar limit. Okay. If you have a, a body, a very massive and it's, star, and it's it's as Shenoshekar goes to zero, right? <laughs> oh, you know I'm. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Shenoshekar so, limit. So if you have if you have a star that's fairly massive, um, uh, it will eventually burn up a lot of its you know its fuel through nuclear fusion, uh, and eventually uh, the internal pressures that are created by these nuclear reactions will kind of diminish and the object will become more and more dense and more compact um, if, if the star is of a certain uh, range of masses it will simply become a neutron star and f will forever be held up by the uh, uh, poly exclusion well the, the repulsion of the uh, neutrons that make up the body but if the star is beyond a critical mass the Chandrasekhar limit uh, then this there's no forces of there's no internal pressures uh, possible that we know of that can hold that star up and counteract the force of gravity. Okay. So the body mm. will collapse and become a black hole. But I'm curious about what the content of the object is as it collapses. I mean, we have a neutron star, which is just essentially a bunch of neutrons. But I'm wondering if, as a very massive body uh, that's beyond the Chandrasekhar limit, as it collapses, do we end up with free quarks or some other particles, uh, you know, that make up this this body as it becomes a black hole? Okay, do you think that this is something like the LHC could help us out with? Since, I mean, there's a very distinct possibility as we use the LHC, we will create many black holes. Now, all of you listening to this, this does not mean that it's going to swallow the earth. These are going to be tiny black holes that that go up poof in a burst of Hawking radiation with in a very short period of time. And even then, they'll be smaller than the gaps between electrons and atoms. And so... Even, yeah, I mean, even if they survived, they wouldn't be able to suck much into them. We're all going to die. Go buy the fanciest car you can. And, and donate it of, to uh, Combinations and Permutations. You can let us know if you want to do that at <laughs> combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. We'll also take crappy cheap cars. Chris doesn't have one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a license, but I have the smallest carbon footprint of anyone I know, and I think you have the second smallest. Yeah. I, my well, yeah, because I just drove a shitload <laughs> this weekend. So, uh, 
so I can't claim that mine might actually be smaller since you're bus riding, but uh, uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Okay, so uh, do you think that, you know, the fact that we might be starting to create, I think pretty soon, that, that thing's coming back online pretty quick here, isn't it? Thank God. Thank you, CERN, for uh, giving me something to look forward to, uh, specifically you fucking it up again <laughs> and everyone realizing that they just wasted tens of billions of dollars. I think we're going to open up a donut shop in CERN. Uh, they're going to se- instead of selling donuts, they're just going to sell black holes. There'll be chocolate <laughs> donut holes. Oh, we'll nice. Yeah. Yeah. How come I everything, all of our business ideas come back to donut shops? <laughs> Tasty Tori. Exactly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> See, you should have listened to that one. That was a good episode. Episode number to. two, mm. Tasty Tori. Oh, man. <laughs> or was it number two? It might have been number three. It was one of the first ones. Um. Okay, and so do you think that you might be able to learn a little bit more about uh, the the actions as it collapsed, perhaps by looking at what they do there? I'm hopeful. In fact, we would need more data about um, uh, high-energy collisions yeah, I mean, of neutrons. We, ha- we haven't really been able to... I mean, high energy collisions. For one, we've never actually been able to properly observe a neutron star. We, I mean, we're not close enough to any of them. We, we observe the effects. Yeah, we, we observe the effects they have, but not necessarily the star and its makeup itself. I mean, we can get, we can only get so much from you know radiometry and all of those. I mean, all the methods that we have for observing far away phenomena. Well, I, I saw a um, a talk at the physics department here uh, in which uh, one of the uh, the person giving the, the talk uh, showed us um, computer simulations of star formation or galaxy evolution and I mean the amount of uh, they, they actually were able to model several um, well they called them giga years so they were actually modeling like 10 or 20 giga years of galaxy formation yeah. uh, and so I'm figuring I mean this is the same type of um, modeling or software that would be used to model okay. black hole collapse yeah okay fair enough how about you mm, well the weather thing would have been pretty cool but uh, I think more than anything, I'd probably want to model serotonin uptake in the brain because I, I find Serotonin reuptake inhibitors are fucking bullshit. Mm, that's <laughs> what I'd like to find out. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get too far into it. It's just once you shut them down, they don't come back online. So how about right. we uh, figure out some way of releasing extra serotonin instead of getting extra serotonin bouncing around by cutting down on the number of things that can take it up yeah i I feel the same way so i think modeling you know how that all works out would maybe help us get a better solution do you have any ideas about how you'd go about it nope what's serotonin happy juice oh sweet (laughs) is is it addictive well kind of i mean it's in your brain have you have you ever felt happy from time to time have you ever (laughs) wanted to feel happy again when you no longer felt happy hell yeah there you go. You are addicted to serotonin. So why aren't people selling this on the street? They are. It's called Prozac. Yeah. Kind of. It, except Prozac is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So then you have more of it. You have more around. of it bouncing around, so you feel happier. Uh, but you've actually uh, not created any extra. You've just made it uh, so that less of your, what are they, what take whatever the, uh, the little The little synapse things. things yeah, yeah, the synapse. Synapses that can take it up. Yeah. Are there it side effects? It seems so unnatural to me. But the, yeah, there are side effects. You are killing off part of your brain, essentially. I meant to having too much serotonin. Like if you had a whole bunch. Yeah, you are yeah. incredibly giddy. Well, and I'm sure it could kill you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Enough of it could. You could. You could die from too much happiness. That's why I like too much just happy juice. Sit and do math. Too oh. Ma- oh. Yeah, right. that was, that was, oh man, you did, math is fun. Yeah, we, it can we do be. math because That's it's true. awesome and it makes us happy. 
Math is our selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. It's <laughs> better than my anti-drug. Several <laughs> shirts. It's kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Math is my Well, I'm actually going to print it serotonin. only in binary. And so it'll take up the entirety of a shirt. <laughs> Someone asked me, like, like, what it. does that say? Well, it says math is my selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Come on. Yeah, can't you read fucking binary? <laughs> you dick. There are ten kinds of people in the world. Those who can read binary and those who can't. <laughs> Chris has apparently never seen that incredibly well-known T-shirt. It's before a very in his good life. T-shirt. I don't. I don't leave the house though. So I... <laughs> you have. You came here. Well, I, I but I tunneled here. You know, <laughs> you know what would be very interesting to model Chris's interactions with people oh. and the relative level of disgust that they all leave it with. I would enjoy that greatly. Uh, you know, we could probably just. I. I think what we would need in order to do this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a couple of clipboards. Okay. A legal pad. All right. And a video camera to get people's reactions. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Well, that is what we're going to do. So if you want to talk to us, you can uh, email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. And if you want to find some links that have something possibly maybe to do with the things that we have talked about on today's podcast, please go to combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. I hope everyone has a mathrific week. Well, that's it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you want to get a hold of us, please email us at combinationsandpermutations at gmail.com. Also, check out our blog at combinationsandpermutations.blogspot.com. This episode has been licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. All the music that you've heard on this podcast is from SP12. If you like what you hear, go check them out at opsound.org. Thank you for listening.